1: Hey everyone, Matt Straup welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, October 13th. The NBA season is officially over, as you may have heard. We're going to be looking back at how the finals wrapped up, some takeaways from some playoff performances, including Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and others, and some other NBA news on the show today. To do all this, I am joined by... Steve Alexander. What's up, Steve? Uh, Not a lot. Rest in peace, Joe
0: Morgan. Cincinnati Reds, second baseman, broadcaster, passed away. Pretty sad. I I grew up in Indy, and uh, Cincinnati was our closest team, so spent a lot of time at Riverfront Stadium watching Joe Morgan play baseball back in the day.
1: One of the voices of Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN for many of us growing up in the 90s, I feel like. (laughs) mainly. Yes. Uh so just looking at what took place in the finals at the finish as dramatic as game 5 was, as exciting as that was, game 6 was pretty much the opposite. I guess not massively surprising considering probably how much Jimmy Butler and the Heat expended to make game 6 happen, but a little bit of a letdown all things considered, uh, you know, for those of us who were hoping for a dramatic finish, but I guess that's getting greedy at this point. They made it through the season in the bubble, which is incredible in and of itself, and uh LeBron did it again. LeBron did it again. It was a basically a thirty point blowout for the
0: entire for the entire game and you know once they got past the first quarter uh it was pretty much over. I kind of thought that game five would be a blowout for the Lakers, but I was very mistaken about that but Turned out it was a game later, Game 6. They completely dominated the Heat. LeBron won the MVP as expected. And Jimmy Butler was very quiet.
1: Yeah, 12 points in Game 6. Let's talk about Butler a little bit. I want to spin it forward. We had a blurb on rotoworld.com that said Butler should be a first-round pick in most fantasy formats. Before we debate that, let's just look at the numbers. He was obviously outrageous in the finals. 26.2 points, 8.3 boards, 9.8 dimes, 2.2 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.7 threes. You look, though, at his regular season numbers, Steve. 19.9 points, 6.7 rebounds, 6.0 assists, 1.8 steals, 0.6 blocks, just 0.5 threes. I believe that put him around number 12 overall in nine category leagues, according to BasketballMonster.com. Jimmy just turned 31 in September. He missed 15 games during the regular season. And to me, Steve, I kind of liken this a little bit to the Kemba Walker situation where my concern in fantasy leagues and season-long leagues next year is there's no reason to push Jimmy Butler during the season. You expect him to miss games due to injury or whatever. And he's just not going to be looking to max it out during the regular season, as evidenced by his regular season numbers this past year. He's a guy who wants to peak during the playoffs, give it his all then. And first round for me is no. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Well, if if we could get finals, uh,
0: Jimmy Butler, all year, I think he he'd go at like ten in in most leagues.
1: But oh, I mean, if you're going to get 26 points, eight rebounds, ten assists, two steals, well, yeah, I think he's going to go. I think he's going, going top three. Yeah, yeah. But exactly.
0: But yeah, we're we're not going to get finals, Jimmy Butler, in the regular season. I do think. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to fall past round two uh, in most leagues. I think some leagues, some people are going to draft him. Like he, he changed a lot of people's minds about him in the past month. And you know, even random people I talk to on him out that know that I write about basketball are like, "Man, I didn't know, I didn't know Jimmy Butler was this good." So I do think he made an impact on an impression on people. Uh, in the finals, but I think, I mean, I'm not going to take him in the first round. And I, I think when when we went through our list of like top 15 last week, I think I had Jimmy at like 15. So he's going to go sometime in the second round. But to your point, the 15 missed games this year, that number is probably only going to go go up. Uh, we don't love drafting guys that are over 30. So I'm probably not going to draft Jimmy Butler, but. I don't think he's going to last past the second round either.
1: Well, I think it's interesting you bring up those conversations you had with people, just, you know, random people being so impressed with him. I mean, he, he won me over, too, in a real life sense. But I think we have to separate that from the fantasy, the actual reality from the fantasy reality, and be careful about not letting that sway us too much in terms of where we take him in fantasy. Because he is. He, he did prove what an incredible competitor he is on the biggest stage, and it was awesome to see. But I think the reality during the regular season next year is slightly different. I think I can be all right with him being the second best player on my fantasy roster. I don't think I'm okay if he is the best player, and I don't think that is a winning formula for you, having Jimmy as your number one player on your fantasy roster. That's what I think. I agree. Let's look at the second round or or I should say a player who might be going in the second round. And that's what our Roto-World blurb said about Bam Adebayo, said he will be going in the second round of fantasy drafts next year. Just to review Bam's performance during the playoffs, 17.8 points, 10.3 boards, 4.4 dimes, 1.0 steals, 0.8 blocks, 56.4% from the field, 78.3 from the line. Bam Adebayo, Steve, was 42nd in nine category leagues during the regular season, according to basketballmonster.com. We've talked about his upside a lot during this playoff run. If I'm not mistaken, I think you would be willing to take him in the second round. I'm just slightly hesitant, but I could probably get there, but I want to get your thoughts first.
0: Yeah, I like Bam. I think he's young. He's getting better. Uh, He had basically a breakout season this year. There's a lot of hope and upside for him going into next season, but it's not guaranteed that he's going to be better than he was this year. So, a two-center league where you have to start two bigs, I think it makes sense to take him in the second round. I think to me Bam feels more like a third-round guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at those playoff numbers, if that's what you're getting, that's not going to wreck your team, but I wonder if you can potentially do slightly better in the second round. And here's one I'll throw at you, Steve. Bam out of bio or Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic, granted, is much older than Bam. He's almost 30. But he was 19th overall in nine category leagues versus Bam's 42nd. And with Vuce, I would argue you're getting almost all of the benefits of Bam bio, plus you're getting three-pointers. So Vuce, this past season, averaged 19.6 points. That's better than playoff Bam. 10.9 rebounds, that's better than playoff Bam. 3.6 assists, slightly worse than playoff Bam. The steals and blocks are similar, 0.9, 0.8. Then you add in 1.63 pointers from Vooch. So to me, with someone like Nikola Vucevic, the value's already there. He's already proven he can be a borderline first rounder. Bam could very well prove it, but you're expecting him to make that leap. So for me, even though Vooch is almost 30, I'll take him over Bam, I think, as of now in fantasy drafts.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's probably a coin toss for me, a draft day decision I would have to make. Because you're right, Vooch is older. I kind of want to see who Vooch is playing with uh, in Orlando and, and make sure that they don't make any, any moves that might impact him. And same, same for Bam, I guess, too. But in a vacuum, I'm probably going to take the younger guy in Bam. But it's, it's really close.
1: All right. Now, jumping off another Roto World blurb, according to a story from ESPN, Nick Nurse, Raptors coach, admitted that Pascal Siakam was off his game in the bubble, saying he wasn't right I just think he lost his bounce. He didn't look as athletic or as strong or as fast. He was in tip-top condition in March, but the lack of playing for three or four months hurt him. He couldn't get it going, and he never did get back to where he was conditioning-wise. We actually probably didn't need Nick Nurse to tell us that because we could see it from the numbers. Siakam's regular season included 22.9 points, 7.3 boards, 3.5 dimes, 1.0 steals, 0.9 blocks, 2.23 pointers. In the playoffs, he dropped to 17 points per game the boards assist stayed the same but just 0.4 blocks field goal percentage under 40 so for the season Steve for the regular season Pascal Siakam was 36th overall nine category leagues Bam Adebayo was 42nd which guy are you taking first hmm I did not warn you this was coming regular season Pascal Siakam was pretty fun
0: pre-bubble Siakam Last year and this year, both the last two seasons, he was felt like a guy that could carry your fantasy team. You know, uh, number two,
1: number two guy. So, I think as of right this second, I would probably take Pascal Siakam. Agreed. And you mentioned pre bubble Siakam; those numbers are even slightly better than the overall season stats, especially in points twenty three point six points per game, and all those other similar, all those other stats were similar to what I mentioned. So yeah, I mean with Siakam again, you're, you're getting more points, slightly less rebounds, similar assists, steals and blocks. And then you're adding in a ton of three pointers versus what Bam, Bam got you none. Siakam got you over two per game. So that's the same for me. I'm taking Siakam over Bam. And I don't know, maybe I don't know, Steve, if there are a bunch of listeners out there who disagree with us, I'd be curious to hear, but as of now, that one feels kind of like a no brainer to me. Do you think Bam's going to start shooting threes next year? I'm just thinking on a jump shot I saw him bank in. I think after the shot clock expired. I know he hits a 3 here and there. It just doesn't seem like he has effortless 3-point range at this point and he's waiting to unveil it in games. I'm going to get I'm I'm the ultimate optimist when it comes to thinking big men can start shooting 3s in this day and age. I think I'd be surprised if Bam came back and just hit a bunch of them next year. That doesn't really seem like close to being part of his game. But it, honestly, anything can happen during the offseason. And I think it's potentially in his future, but I'm not so sure we're going to see it coming next season. But I have no idea. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, you, I'm the ultimate pessimist when it comes to big men shooting threes. Learning how to shoot threes overnight, although a, a couple of them have done it over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I think he hits. I think he'll hit more threes next year, but I don't think... He'll be anywhere in Pascal Siakam territory.
1: Yeah, so to review for me, I'm taking Siakam or Vooch over Bam, a decision I may wildly regret or possibly change my mind on down the road, but that's where I am as of mid-October 2020, when the NBA season would normally be starting, getting ready to start, but is actually ending. (laughs) Uh, Steve... Number four item on our list today, Kristaps Porzingis underwent surgery to repair the lateral meniscus tear in his right knee. I'm just going to ask you point blank. You and I reached a point where I think we were feeling much more optimistic about Porzingis after some dominant performances in the bubble. How terrified does this make you on a scale of one to ten, ten being the most terrified, one being completely relaxed when it comes to Porzingis' season-long fantasy outlook next year. What number are you at? I'm at like a six. Okay, and and you are wearing you might be wearing a Porzingis jersey right now. I mean,
0: I mean uh, that's part of the problem. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're right. I, I could be draped in Mavericks gear head to toe right now.
1: Are you wearing Mavericks socks right now? Just just admit that. Just tell me that. Uh, yes. Are you wearing Dallas Mavericks? Okay, so. Yeah, you're a six, and that puts me at about an eight. I just can't imagine a scenario. I uh, I just can't imagine. You know, it was, it was going so well for Porzingis in the bubble, and you were starting to believe, man, like, look at the upside for this guy in Dallas playing with Luka Doncic. It's finally coming together, and I'm just going to pull up some of these numbers. The pre-playoff numbers in particular in La Bubble, we're looking at, well, he only played six games, right, but... 30.5 points, 9.5 boards, 2.2 dimes, 0.8 steals, 1.5 blocks, 2.73s. Those are first-round fantasy numbers, and Porzingis has that kind of ceiling, but it just feels like a terrifying risk to take. I think if somehow he's there in the third, is my third player on my team, I think I'd roll the dice, but anything earlier than that, you can count me out.
0: <laughs> I was going to say fourth, so maybe okay. maybe I am more at an eight. But I've you know, I drafted him last year in the fourth round in a points league, and I don't think I ever regretted it. I, I was angry when I drove all the way down to State Farm Arena to see Porzingis and Luca play basketball, and both of them sat that game out in street clothes for precautionary reasons. So there were times when I was certainly frustrated with Porzingis, but I don't know that I was ever bummed that I drafted him. Like you said, things were going so well for for so long until the end there. But, you know, another knee surgery for a guy that's
1: got a history with knee surgeries, it's, it's pretty scary. He missed, by my count, 16 games before the shutdown, Steve, this past season. And it feels like you'd have to be signing up for at least that if you're drafting Porzingis. So... Along the same lines, we talked about this last week and Doc Rivers indeed confirmed it. According to the Philly Inquirer, Joel Embiid is expected to be on a load management program of some kind next year. Let's continue with the 1-10 to point scale, Steve. You and I were already, I think, out on drafting Embiid in most cases because of some of these concerns. Does this put you into a scenario where you wouldn't draft Embiid under any circumstances? Or is there a point where you could... See yourself doing it. And I just asked you to do, do two different things. So take your pick.
0: Yeah, I'm not drafting Joel Embiid because he's going to go in the first or the second round in every single fantasy draft. I'm not taking him in the first or second round. The reason I could end up with Porzingis is I could see Porzingis falling into the fourth or fifth round in some scenarios.
1: Do you really think Embiid's going to go in the first? Or do you think this is the year where everyone's like, you know what? I won't take him in the first? So he's going to be more of a consensus second round guy, and still be a trap in the second round. I mean, I could see him going 10, 11, or twelve in,
0: in some yeah. drafts. Uh, I yeah. don't think he's. I don't think he's going to go first round in all of them or most of them. But I mean, he's going to be gone
1: by the end of the second round. Is is my point? And yeah, I'm just not. I'm not doing it. Like I just said in my previous comment, I think it's a trap. I think you're going to get to a point in the second round where it seems like a good idea. Like, oh my gosh, look at you know, look at the numbers I can get per game from Embiid. It's a trap. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I am with with Embiid. Turn around. Go back. Go back from whence <laughs> you came. <laughs> Although maybe if he's sitting there in the third or fourth round, Steve, you know, I could start to talk myself into it. I, I won't say never, but he's not going to. He'll be gone by then.
0: Well, I mean, it's possible if. You know, if Ruddle World and some of the other fantasy sites trash him enough and scare enough people away, he could be talked down into the third round. And then, you know, you get to the 35th pick in your draft and and be sitting there. Then you you have a decision to make. But
1: It'd be interesting to draft only load management guys, (laughs) you know, and just see... See if you have a dominant. You can still have a dominant team or a contending team in a season-long league. Take It'd be an Ka- interesting. Experiment. Take Ka- Kawhi Leonard at number one. Kawhi in the first round, no matter what. But I came up with Embiid. Embiid in the second round, probably Kemba Walker's got to be on that team based on our previous discussion. Kemba in
0: the third, Porzingis
1: in the fourth. Oh yeah, I might flip that. I might go Porzingis third, Kemba fourth. But yeah, this would be yeah. an interesting strategy. We have to find it. A league. I have to find a <laughs> league I didn't care about that much to do this. It's hard for me to to do experiments like that. Yeah, it's a
0: fun fun idea though. We in fact, um, we should come up with like the perfect load management
1: draft for one of our uh, off season podcasts. Maybe we'll do that next week. Yeah, I like it, Steve. You ready to get out of here? You got anything else? Uh, well, I know it's
0: technically Tuesday, but we've got a big baseball game tonight. We little, do little secret. It's actually Monday right now, but. We also have one Tuesday, by the way. It's true both days. Yes, it is. But we got a we got a big game. Braves play the Dodgers. Winner of Game One on Monday night is going to win that series. That's, that's what I'm going with.
1: Holy cow! I am terrified. I am terrified. I was terrified. I'm terrified on Monday. I'm terrified on Tuesday. I'm still terrified.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty scared too.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: Are you are could, you could... are you Joel Embiid frightened or are you Kristaps Porzingis
1: frightened? Like. I think I'm I'm more like your Chris Daps Porzingis level frightened. Six. Okay, I'm okay. about a six. Yeah. yeah, I think the Braves. I think the Braves have the bats to hang, and I think, in theory, a couple of these young arms can spin a gem for them. But it's gonna it's scary. That's a juggernaut they're facing. You
0: know. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty frightening.
1: All right. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We are in off-season mode now, so we're going to be back with you every Tuesday moving forward for the foreseeable future. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you Tuesday. Well done.